Collins, I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. And week three of the NFL season has just passed us by. Uh, so we're going to talk about football because uh, both Alex and I are big football fans. We all are. Uh, things, things that we know about the NFL so far. Um, and at the end, we're each going to leave you with one bold prediction um, for the rest of the season. And maybe we'll go back and revisit it at the end of the season and just see how, how well our predictions turned out. Um, I don't think people are ready for how bold my prediction is. I'm so excited bold. for your prediction. I, I think your prediction um, could possibly be a groundbreaking, mind-blowing experience for our listeners. So, yeah, Dude, I'm afraid that after you hear it, you'll, your hair will go white with shock, and you will emerge from your car uh, with the body of a wizened 65-year-old man. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. All right, so so three weeks of football down. Yeah. Um, uh, new the exciting news this morning that I just heard. Apparently, Melvin Gordon is, is reporting to the Chargers starting <laughs> starting on Thursday. Uh, uh, no way, no way. He he wants to get back into football after Austin Eckler showed them there's a cheaper and better replacement. <laughs> so I don't I don't know what that means for for the Chargers necessarily, but. Um, you know, that'll be interesting to kind of watch and monitor and, and see see what he does. But um yeah, so so I think I think you know there are things that, that we thought going into the season that, that probably hold true. The dolphins are really bad. Really bad. I mean I don't think that's like I think they're worse than our expectations were. Yeah, I think there are probably some college teams that could beat the dolphins at this point. I mean, I feel bad for Flores, but then again, I mean, if you're looking to tank, this is how you do it. But I feel like maybe there's a possibility that the Dolphins hired Brian Flores as kind of like a lame duck coach to lead them through a season they knew they were going to be crappy. Um, and then, like, next season, they're going to fire him and bring on, like, John or Jim Harbaugh or someone like that who's going to be available. I mean, I hope not, but I mean, ultimately, if that's the route they want to go, I, I'm more than willing to have that happen, have Flores come back to the Patriots coaching staff, and then come down on the Dolphins with uh, a vengeance like the world has never seen. I don't know that it's possible to come down on them harder than they already did this season, uh, and probably will again. I personally think that this is the way that when when Flores came in, um, he had some ideas, and then management had their front office had some ideas, and their owner had some ideas, and they're like, "What we need to do is just hit a hard reset." And I think that they're doing the tank job that the Cowboys tried to do, or the Giants have tried to do, but they always end up winning two or three games. Uh, I think this is them. I think Flores is doing a professional tank job, where you have the undisputed number one regardless of whatever happens. And I get that some of these players are like, oh, I want to win. But, I mean, you're playing for the Dolphins, okay? You were never going to make the uh, playoffs outside of the wild card. Uh, and you still get paid thousands to millions of dollars to play football. So, yeah, it sucks that you lose. But, you know, kind of you either hold out uh, or you are one of those players who uh, wasn't going to be signed to a first uh first uh, line team anyways you weren't going to get reps on the professional stage so just roll with it i mean also fuck the dolphins <laughs> so i think that flo is going to keep his 
job because this is what they agreed to before pre as soon as he came into the room as soon as i i'm assuming i'm hoping it was part of the discussions for when he took the job where he goes look we need a ground up uh revitalization so we're going to pull a browns and start collecting picks saving cap room and we're going to start off by getting ourselves a franchise quarterback in the first round so ultimately i think that they're going to go into the next draft Flo's going to be there with his draft book they're going to draft like four people in the first round and then uh they'll start rebuilding from there and that he'll be the coach within a couple of years that's what i'm hoping yeah Whether that's actually the case who knows i mean because owners are fickle fan bases are fickle and all that stuff but it's also it's like you know it's it's hard to justify some of the things that they've done right so like it's hard to justify trading away a young offensive tackle it's hard to justify trading away a young quarterback uh, i get that you're getting picks out of it i get that you're probably getting more value for them than what they're worth but it's kind of like when oakland traded khalil mack it's like okay well oakland traded khalil mack and now what are they going to do with that pick uh well they probably need a player like khalil mack well the dolphins probably need a player like Laramie Tunsil, the Dolphins probably need a player like Mika Fitzpatrick. And now both of those players are playing elsewhere and you got picks for it. So you have to hope even, even the best teams are not, are not, you know, 75% in the draft. I think, I think the best you can hope for is 50% in the draft. And if they do that, then those four first round picks turn into two quality starters that might be as good as Laramie Tunsil and Mika Fitzpatrick. And, you know, you do want to give yourself the most chances, the most bites at the apple, try to get it right. But I feel like you should have done that with players who, you know, were a little bit more on in their years and not promising future NFL stars. Yeah, I mean, again, like it is seriously looks like a, a to the studs rebuild, like all the way down. Sure. Uh, and so I'm hoping that it, He's not being basically they're going to offer Flores up as the sacrifice. We were shit because Flores did all this stuff. Now he's gone and we can start rebuilding. I hope that doesn't happen. But again, I mean, it's hard to feel any sympathy for an AFC East team because, I mean, they've been so pathetic for so long that it's just the only reason that we're even talking about them is because their head coach used to be our former defensive coordinator for the Patriots. And right. that's one of the only reason we care because even right. if they were, even if they hadn't gotten rid of all these people, there's no way they were going to beat the Patriots. No way. They were going to have yeah. two. Uh, yeah. They're going to be zero and two. And I mean, I understand that like, even though now they're tanking really bad, even if they kept all those pieces, I don't see them putting up a plus 500 season, even if they kept everyone. So uh, why not? Yeah, I, I, I think I think there's two ways to look at it. And I really hope that, you know, the Dolphins front office uh, just bombs the draft and the Dolphins continue to be the worst team in the AFCs. <laughs> All right. Well, keeping it in the AFC East, let's talk about the three and O Buffalo Bills, baby. Three and O. Yeah. Oh man, they're coming. Are we going to them? Yeah, we're going. The Patriots are playing them next week, and um, we're going to get to our Patriots stock. We'll save that for a little bit later here. But 
the Bills, man. Uh, that defense really keeping him in things, and it looks like it's given Allen enough time to. Um, I mean, it's giving him time to develop, despite the fact that they don't really have much talent in terms of wide receivers, or at least known talent in terms of wide receivers. But it's given him a chance to, like, you know, make that offense his own because they can cover for the screw ups. Yeah, I think I think the Bills are are interesting. Um, I think it's very possible. So, so the stat I read was the last time that the Bills went three and zero and the Dolphins went zero and three to start a season. I think it was two thousand eleven, and yeah. at the end of the year, both of them finished six and ten. Um, so, so it, it's possible that the Bills have just played. I mean, the first game they played against the Jets, they basically engineered a comeback, um, and. You know the rest of the season, they they have not looked necessarily like the better team on the field, right? Uh, but they've been winning games, and I think that does that is a little bit of a testament to Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen has a little bit of that. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger um, in the way that he plays, where he I think he never feels like he's he's out of a play. I feel like it's like that Brett Favre feeling. Like Brett Favre always felt like he was he still could make a play. And I think Josh Allen has that same kind of mentality. So, yeah, except Allen can do it with his legs. Yeah, Allen can do it with his legs, and and arguably has a stronger arm than both Favre and, and Roethlisberger had. So, like that was that was the hype on Allen coming out of college, and you know he he can he can throw the ball seventy yards in the air and, and not have any problems with it. So, well, I mean, I think it's surprising again. Do I think the the time will tell? Um, but I mean, I I legitimately think they might have a shot at a wild card berth compared to the rest of the AFC. I know it's only been three games, but they they haven't had they've had adversity in all of their games uh, except for their last one where they were just dominating. Um, so I feel like they haven't been truly tested, and that will be the the test. I mean, they're going to go up against the Patriots, and we'll see how they do if they're able to score at all. Um, that would be surprising, but if they do are are able to score against that Pats defense, then I, it gives me an idea that they might make the wild card because the Patriots, of course. I mean, I mean, we can let's just since we're in the AFC, so let's just talk about Patriots now. Do you think we go undefeated this season? No. Yeah, I know we've got a really. I think we go six and zero, oh, and then we've got a tough couple of games after that. Uh, we have the Ravens, we play the Cowboys, we play Kansas City, uh, and I don't think we get through that stretch without without maybe a single without a loss. I mean, if we kept if Antonio Brown had stayed around, I mean, who knows? Who knows what it would have been like? But even without him, I think our offense is really good, and our defense is just the best it's ever been. Yeah, I I, I think I think our defense will continue to play stellar. Um, the place, the thing I'm worried about is, is our offense and we've got a lot of older players and inexperienced players on the offense that, you know, it, it, it all it takes is kind of one injury. Right. And, and we've seen it happen before. And I think, I think as the season goes on, there will probably be a couple of losses. I think the yeah. Patriots definitely end up, you know, 11 and five, 12 and four at the, at the least. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's the it's a, it's a tough schedule that they've got coming up. The beginning of the season just looks easy for them. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's just, you know, once, once you get through that easy part, 
like you said, you got to play the Ravens, you got to play the Cowboys, you got to play the Dolphins or the Chiefs. And so, you know, you end up in a place where those teams are all good and all capable of beating you on the field. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to come down to wear and tear and it's going to come down to, you know, are they still going to be able to do the things that they're doing now in, in six weeks? And, and I, I don't know, but I do know that Belichick's smart enough to understand that it's really about winning the Super Bowl. It's not about winning. Yeah. It's not about getting a perfect record. And so if it gets to the place where players are hurt, like Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman got hurt last game, um, you know, maybe could have came back in, but why, why would you yeah, bring him back? Exactly. in? Exactly. Um, so I think that that'll, that kind of stuff will come into play too, where, you know, maybe someone's nursing a little bit of a minor injury and they won't play because, you know, it's not worth risking them for the playoffs just to get another win during the regular season. So I see. Yeah. So you, you're feeling, you're feeling that while we could potentially go 16 and 0, that there will be um, concerns with player health and the playoffs are the, are the key so that we would rest key pieces of our offense in order to keep them healthy for the playoffs. And I, I agree with you. I do have to say though, uh, Dante Scarnecchia has to be the greatest O-line coach in the history of the world because what he's done with those, I mean, you got a brand new guy playing center. You got both uh, Isaiah Wynn goes out and they put a brand new guy in there. They traded for someone who then yeah. started like after five days with the Patriots. And then yeah. they had a guy that they put in at right, I think it was left guard or right guard, and then had to move over to the other side almost immediately because and it tom brady still was able to oh it's amazing it's amazing how good that o-line is coached yeah i I mean he's he is he is definitely the real mvp of the coaching staff for the patriots so yeah i'm glad he came out of retirement and i definitely think that i mean if we didn't have him on the roster this season as a coach uh our o-line problem we'd be worried about the o-line and we're not really at the moment yeah um Okay, so moving from our beloved AFC East, um, I don't feel like there's a lot of surprises with who are three and zero. I mean, we always knew the Chiefs are going to be three and zero. We always knew. I, I mean, at least I knew that the uh, Green Bay was going to be good. Um, who else is there? Who's three and zero? I don't. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Um... Well, it doesn't necessarily need to be three. No, I mean, what are the so the teams that are succeeding right now? I don't think anybody didn't think that they would succeed. I mean, so I, I I think the Ravens were a little bit of a question mark, but I don't think anybody thought that they'd suck, uh, and they haven't. Right. Um, Green Bay. Yeah, I, think, I think the NFL is is who we thought. I think I think one of the interesting stories, um, one of the interesting things is is Denver. Um, so Denver, um, you know, is, is now Owen three. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I personally, my feeling is that Denver needs to fire John Elway and start moving in a different direction. I mean, um, their losses haven't been blowouts. They just, you know, it's just, it feels like something's missing. It, it definitely feels like something's missing, but also the other side of it is, um they they their defense has zero sacks this year and yeah i think that's the big thing for a team for a team that has vaughn miller and bradley chubb um who are both very good defensive pass rushers 
and has Calvin Harris Jr., who is one of the best cover corners in the NFL, there should be at least one sack just by chance. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, especially against the Raiders. Right. So, so I think I think there's something missing on that side, which historically the Broncos have been good on the defense, right? And right. then they've been kind of in this constant search for a quarterback. Um, and I don't think Joe Flacco is the answer. Um, and the guy they drafted, Drew Locke, I guess, is on the IR. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. But but I, I feel like at this point, Denver has just continued to go down, 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 and down. And I get that John Elway, you know, was the face of the franchise and it did all these wonderful things for the Broncos. But I think it's time to just realize that he's not good in the front office at least in the role that he's in, have him be some kind of ambassador for the team and bring in someone who's willing to turn that franchise around because I think that's the most surprising thing to me is that the Broncos are 0 I mean, I agree with you. I mean, there's something with the many – it's like watching the Browns where the Browns have all these great pieces on defense, but they're not, they're not like working together. I'm not sure whether it's play calling or just Elway's just – too muddled up in the game plan stuff uh, it, it they haven't uh flacco's been good i mean flacco's got some good stuff i mean he's a veteran quarterback but yeah it is a little weird that the defensive side of the ball has been so bad yeah um how surprised you about the cowboys specifically dak prescott oh dude so kellen moore um, who's their new offensive play caller. I don't know if he's their offense coordinator. I think he might be. But that guy's offense is is very well crafted. He, he did a good job crafting his offense. He's got some really great ideas. And he knows how to craft the offense to Dak Prescott's specific talent, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is huge. Um, I do think that there's going to be a regression to the mean for them a little bit. Um I think they're not as good as they've been playing. And I think the first half of the Dolphins game kind of showed that. Yeah. Uh, first half of the Dolphins game, they really almost looked like they were, uh, they were not capable of, of holding a lead against the Dolphins. And I yeah. think that'll come back to haunt them. I mean, but, Dolphins almost know, came back. Right. But, you know, they. I think Dak Prescott, when he has the right system in place, is a capable quarterback. And then I think, um, you know, they've got good receiving talent and they've got Zeke, who is arguably the best running back in the NFL. And, you know, it, those things put together with a good solid game plan is going to get you to the place where I think the Cowboys are a serious contender to, you know, make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Um, but there's still, I think, I think there's still be a regression to the mean. I think they'll still end up, you know, probably in that same range that the, the, Patriots do, um, you know, as far as records concerned. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're. I knew they would be good going into the season. I didn't think they would be this good. I also didn't think that the Eagles would be this bad. And so, like, yeah, you end up you end up in a place where the Cowboys are clearly the front runners in the NFC East. Um, and it's possible that you know that the Giants might be that second best team in the NFC East now with Daniel Jones and. And you know all the all this skill set that he brings to the game. So yeah, dude, uh, I can't believe how many rookie QBs. Like, I mean, you've got like the the jokes, which are like Mason Rudolph, who you were pretty high on, but hasn't been doing well with the Steelers. And then you've got like 
Daniel Jones coming out and just, you know, making him like fantasy relevant, like you want to pick him up. And then you've got like, who's that backup for um, the Panthers who did so well that now um, they're probably going to rest Newton. They're not going to rush him back. Yeah, it's, I think I think this season will be remembered as the season of the backup quarterback. I think the stat was uh, after week three, there were a total of 40 quarterbacks who had started um, in the NFL, which was a record. So that's that's eight that's eight quarterback changes yeah. uh, across the league. Um, and yeah, you know, you look at Gardner Minshew in, in Jacksonville, oh, yeah, you look yeah. at Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh, uh, Kyle Allen in, in, in Carolina. Um, you know, even, even Josh Rosen in Miami and, uh, definitely Daniel Jones in New York. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks who are stepping up and, and it goes back to, I think, you know, the NFL has really changed as a organization as far as quarterbacks are concerned. And it's no longer the backup quarterback. I think the, uh, I forget who said it, but there was a, a coach who said our second quarterback. Um, because really that's, that's kind of how you have to think in the NFL now is you need to be able to have a quarterback who's willing to step in, you know, and still lead the team to victory, Teddy Bridgewater in, in New Orleans. So yeah. Brissett, um, Brissett in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Brissett is really kind of showing that, you know, yeah, he deserves money. I think, I think there are probably 15 teams that would take, Jacoby Brissett and trade straight up for their for their starting quarterback right now. So, um, you know, you 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 really have to have that that quarterback who's capable of stepping in um, and not missing a beat in order to continue to be a good team. Um, Kyle Allen in Carolina that you mentioned, I think that's a really interesting situation. Uh, he did start one game last year for them, um, but he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, didn't make the Carolina Panthers roster last year, uh, was on their, their, uh, their practice squad and then got called up and Kyle Allen, you know, looked like the better of the quarterbacks when you paired him to Kyler Murray in that Panthers versus Cardinal game. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it's, I mean, even comparing him to the first two games that Newton played, he looked better than Cam Newton. Right. Right. Well, I think Cam Newton's hurt. I think, I think, I think Cam Newton's hurt. I think um, he has not recovered from his injury last year and he tried to rush yeah. back. And that's hardly ever a, a, you know, a pattern that that'll lead to a successful kind of comeback. So I think Kyle Allen gives the Panthers the confidence to, if Cam Newton needs to sit for the rest of the season and, you know, the Panthers probably aren't going to necessarily, you know, do as well as they hoped with Cam Newton, but they'll, they'll still probably make the playoffs. Honestly, like if you look at the NFC, there's not a lot of great teams in the NFC, especially in the Panthers conference. You know, the Buccaneers look really bad. The Falcons don't look great. And so really you end up with the saints and the Panthers and the saints are waiting on Drew Brees to come back. And while Teddy Bridgewater led them to a victory, you know, you got to wonder how many more of those you've got. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if I'm the Panthers, I'm I probably just sit Newton until um, Allen puts up a couple crappy games. Yeah, well, I think you sit Newton for as long as he needs to sit, even if Allen puts up a couple crappy games. I think 
Andrew Luck's retirement really has to weigh heavy on GM's mind, right? Like if, if the answer is that if you let Cam Newton sit for the rest of the season, that you, you get like four or five more years of Cam Newton, then that's worth it. If the answer is you rush Cam Newton back and he retires, like that's, that's, that's where you fall into that trap of, you know, I'm getting those immediate gains, but ultimately hurting your team in the long run. Yeah, I so, mean, I guess we'll have to play a team that's. I mean, the Cardinals aren't necessarily a bad defense, but they didn't really. They don't really have their secondary is kind of shot, so they have to play against some team that's good against the pass, and then we'll see. Um, we'll see what uh, how he does with that, because again. They, I think a lot of people are following the Doug Peterson path of um, just crafting perfect, like perfect game plans and schemes for their backups. Like instead of trying to adapt the backup to what they've already got, they basically bring the backup in and tailor the game plan to the uh, to the to the backup. And you could see how when Teddy Bridgewater took over um, in the in when Drew Brees went out, it was still tailored towards Drew Brees, so they did really bad for the rest of the game. And then they came back and did a lot better because they recognized that Teddy wasn't going to, it wasn't as, it wasn't, you weren't going to win it through passing. So they drew up a whole ton of schemes that basically allowed Alvin Kamara to do his thing. And um, that worked for that game. So I feel like going forward, it's going to be some sort of, I think these um, teams are now basically you when you start your season you need your first team offense plan and then you need your plan for your backup yeah yeah i think i think that's that's key i think you have to you have to make sure that you know no matter who's leading the ship that there's a plan to get them to be as successful as possible okay sean i'm going to ask you some questions and you you you're going to give me some some of your your opinion on these things okay is San Francisco's run sustainable? Do you think? Yes, they keep going. Um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, one of the problems with San Francisco is that they're in a division with uh, Seattle and Los Angeles, and I think the problem there is, um, you know, that they're going to play some really good teams, but um, I think that. If you look at if you look at the Falcons and how bad the Falcons have have started doing, I think Kyle Shanahan is leaving is is the big reason why that Falcons team is no longer as good as they used to be. And I think Kyle Shanahan has a strong enough offensive mind to um, lead the lead the Forty ers to a potential wild card berth. I don't know if they'll win the division. Um, but they'll they'll continue to play really yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, my opinion is that their defense is really what's been keeping them going, and that because of that, uh, it's going to allow the offense to get into the groove that they because they seem they seem grooveless, like they've got some they've got still got some kinks to work out. But because of how good the defense is keeping them in it, um, it is allowing them to get on page. And I need them to throw the ball to George Kittle. God damn it. <laughs> next question is there any reason on in the universe that the redskins shouldn't start haskins next week no no 
I mean, I mean, the, the reason is that they don't think Haskins is ready. Like, if that's the answer, if your coaching staff doesn't think that Haskins is ready, then that's the reason. Um, otherwise, Case Keenum is Case Keenum. Like, Case Keenum is, is, is okay, and, you know, he's – if you want your team to go – Six and ten, five and eleven. Case Keenum can start for your for your team, um, but at this point, unless Haskins doesn't know the playbook, or um, you know, they feel like it, he isn't, you know, mature enough to to lead the team, then there's no reason for them not to play. I mean, I'm in total agreement with you, especially considering some of the people that are starting for other teams and leading them to victory aren't don't have the pedigree that Haskins has coming out of college. So it just doesn't make any right. sense. I think maybe some RG3, just the burning, the what RG3 did to the Redskins has, has like destroyed them psychologically. And they're just like, we, we can't do that again. Right. Okay, next question. Um, what the hell is wrong with Mitchell Trubisky? <laughs> Why is he so bad in this, his third year? Um, to quote Dennis Green, he is who he thought we, he was. And that's, again, it just goes back to the state of quarterbacking in the NFL in general. Like, um, you know, it's, it's hard to play well in the NFL. It's hard to play, uh, you know, it's hard to be a quarterback and lead your team to victory in the NFL. And so when you don't have a great quarterback, it's, it's really hard to win. And, Mitch Trubisky is an okay quarterback, and so they're they're going to be put into positions where they're going to end up not winning because he cannot lead the team to victory. On I mean, own. that defense is definitely the saving grace for all of it. It's just if that if that defense didn't exist, I mean, it reminds me a lot of when Peyton Manning was in his final season, and he was essentially just a corpse on a stick out there, and their defense went out and won everything. I think I think if you gave the Bears the opportunity to bring back Peyton Manning now versus Mitch Trubisky, they... <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand how you don't progress over three years. I mean, was he this? Was he as bad as he is now? Last season when they went to the when they went to the playoffs. I think I think he was. I think there are there are things that. I think the Bears have, have relied heavily on that defense. Um, and I think there are things that, you know, hide the fact that Mitch Trubisky wasn't that great. I think, you know, the way they used Tariq Cohen last year really hid the way, hid the way he was. Um, I, think, I think they, they, had, they had some stuff last year that they're not seeming to show this year. And, but ultimately, you know, watch the guy throw the football and – watch how many times he misses his receivers high watch how many times he misses his receivers short like it's not hard necessarily to throw a football accurately it is hard to read the defense and be able to judge where it is that you want to oh, throw the ball yeah. and so, and so that's 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 always when quarterbacks start overthrowing and underthrowing their receivers that's when i start feeling like there's something wrong like that's Cam Newton's problem, right? Like Cam Newton was overthrowing and underthrowing his receivers. Uh, you know, it's it's 
that's a just a mechanical issue and that feels like that's way easier to solve than you know being able to actually read a defense and decide where you're going to go with that so um trubisky seems to have that problem and so I think that, that that needs to get resolved or fixed, or they just need to bring in their backup. So I mean, a lot of these questions I'm asking you are about the same division, but do you think Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is going to start throwing more points? I think Aaron Rodgers is starting to show his his age and his injuries, and I think the Packers are still going to do well this year. Um, I don't think it's possible for a team led by – um, a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers to be as bad as they were the past two years and not have another uh, season where they do well. Um, however, all that said, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be less of the answer for them and more of just a piece of the puzzle. Um, and then they're going to rely more on Aaron Jones and uh, their running game and things that the, the Packers really have not had to do because Aaron Rodgers was so good. I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to be that quarterback that when you're going into the fourth quarter and the Packers are down by a touchdown or less, you feel dread because the Packers are going to come back and win. Um, But I don't think that he's, I don't think he's the same quarterback that he was. Um, And he's, he's going to continue to show that. All right. My last question for you. Did you think it was hilarious when Pete Carroll got hit in the face with that football? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was hilarious. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's one of those just I don't know. I feel like that's one of those things that you kind of feel bad for the person that it happens to. Um, but yes, I know. I understand why you would think it was hilarious. Um, and like, it, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where that's that's the that's the that's the unfortunate consequence sometimes of staying on the sidelines of a, of a fast moving game. So, yeah, I mean, in a little deeper, do you think the Seahawks struggles will continue or do you think they're going to be, do you see them making the, the playoffs? I think the Seahawks do the same thing every single year, which is Russell Wilson, you know, leads them back and, drives them either into the playoffs or near it. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think the Seahawks make the playoffs. Um, if you look at the NFC, uh, I feel like the NFC has maybe a, a, a problem with the amount of, of the amount of talent. So what you're looking at really, I think, is the NFC West has the Rams, who are probably going to win the division, and then the Seahawks and the 49ers. And... You know, the other teams that are going to compete for the for that wild card spot are probably the Panthers, uh, probably the the Vikings. And, you know, that's so it's possible that it's possible that the Seahawks make the wild card. I think it was actually is probably likely um, because they have Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is the is the reason I think why the Cardinals were maybe so high on Kyler Murray. But. As we've seen so far, I feel like Kyler Murray is not Russell Wilson or even I close. Definitely, I definitely so. Kyler Murray is being held back by some of the play, offensive play calling for such a – for the air raid offense, which has revitalized 36-year-old uh, Larry Fitzgerald and how, like, they're taking shots and doing all that stuff. They're so conservative in the red zone. It's ridiculous. 
yeah that that is a problem um but you know i i think i think i think the answer to your question is russell wilson will find a way to right this. i mean i could i can see both if this continues the way it is i can see both wild cards coming out of that division oh absolutely it could definitely be the rams the niners and the Seahawks. absolutely right well now um all right so Predictions. Bold, bold predictions, predictions buddy. I'm going to let you go first because I'm afraid my bold prediction might kill you, and uh, I'm, I'm 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 worried. I'm worried. Okay, my bold prediction yeah. is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to grab the wild card slot in the AFC. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I think I think here's my logic. Right, so the Steelers are in a division where the Ravens are really the only team that probably will give them challenges. I think the Browns are a good team. I think they need to figure out under their new coach what they're doing. Um, And so what you end up with, I think, for the Steelers is, I think Mike Tomlin is a good enough coach uh, that the Steelers are going to come back and they're ultimately, their ending record is going to be somewhere around 10 and 6, maybe 9 and 7, but I think it will be enough for them to get into the wild card in the AFC. Um, even without Roethlisberger. And I do feel like that's the possibility there is that at the end of the season, they get to the wild card. Roethlisberger just goes, yeah, I'm good and retires. Um, and that's, that's that maybe is a possible sub consequence, but I feel like Steelers are going to end up uh, grabbing one of those wild card spots. In the wow. Bold prediction. Indeed. Oh, buddy. Bold. All right. My what's yours? bold prediction is that, the Kansas City Chiefs don't make the playoffs. Whoa! <laughs> Bold prediction. The reason I think this is because Patrick Mahomes is going to be pulled off the field as he's embroiled in, the, embroiled in a legal battle while the people who own Kermit the Frog sue him for copyright infringement. <laughs> Well, that's Disney yeah. now. Disney owns I'm the Muppets. You, Disney's so. coming after that frog-voiced little freak of nature. <laughs> that's interesting. So, so is there actual uh, logic behind this? This feeling, mean, or again, it's really the thing about uh, it's a bold prediction because it's probably not going to happen. But my reasoning behind yeah. thinking that is um, this all hinges upon Patrick Mahomes playing. So if there's sure. any, if yeah. there's a single injury to Patrick Mahomes, it, it all falls apart, as evidenced by the fact that I don't think Kansas City's offense with Tyree Kill hurt is any good. Uh, I think that Patrick Mahomes makes them good. I think those rookies uh, that are catching all the touchdowns or those those receivers no one's heard of uh, aren't because Andy Reid's got an amazing scheme. It's because. <laughs> I mean, you can only guard a person for so long, and Patrick Mahomes can throw it anyway in any kind of position. So I think that he's going to get – something's going to happen. He's going to go up against a defense that sacks him a bunch of times, and uh, then he's going to be hurt, and then they'll be rolling with their backup, and they don't make the playoffs. Right? I mean, got a more it. realistic – um, bold prediction is that the Cowboys don't make the uh, champion uh, make the playoffs. Yeah, that wow. would, that I would say. That's, that's, that's I mean, I think that there. I think you've got Dak Prescott going 
this is a prove it, right? Uh, I, I'm just not confident in the fact that Jason Garrett will not screw this up. I'm not confident in the fact that um, while the offensive play schemes are great, I feel like, I don't know, there's something about Dak Prescott makes me feel like he's, I mean, like this is an ego thing, that he's going to do something that's going to, I don't know, rub someone the wrong way or do something like, I, I, I feel regression is what I feel. And I feel like when they're up against a really good defensive opponent, you're going to see exactly how bad or how inexperienced they're offensive play calling is and then jason garrett will take over and then they'll start losing again yeah i i I think i think you went to the extreme boldness yours are extremely bold which you know i credit you for hey man you know i was worried about your health man i didn't want you to be driving i didn't want your heart to seize you know all that (laughs) stuff